the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Rosenthal Wealth Management. Larry Rosenthal is a registered representative offering securities and advisory services through Satera Advisor Networks, LLC, a broker, dealer, and registered investment advisor, member FINRA SIPC. Satera is under separate ownership from Rosenthal Wealth Management Group. Rosenthal Wealth Management Group is located at 9265 Corporate Circle in Manassas, Virginia, and can be reached at 703-330-3100. Chris McKay is not affiliated with Satera Advisor Networks, LLC, nor Rosenthal Wealth Management Group. Bob Jones is an employee of Rosenthal Wealth Management Group and affiliated with Satira. It's time now for Making Money Sense, live with Larry Rosenthal. Larry is recognized as one of the nation's leading financial and retirement planners and is here to answer your questions right now. Author, speaker, and talk show host Larry Rosenthal is dedicated to teaching others financial stewardship from a biblical point of view. Call Larry now. Studio lines are open at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. Making Money Sense is on the air. Well, welcome once again to the Larry Rosenthal Show, Making Money Sense. And as you can see, live on LarryRosenthal.tv and listening on Nationwide on Sirius XM 131. Here is Larry Rosenthal. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Chris. And how are you today? I am looking forward to today's program. What you got on store for us? We got a lot, Chris. I mean, there's never a uh, you know time when it, with all the financial news and there's, markets yeah. and economy and all that kind of they stuff. They never sleep. On. There's always a what we would call a plethora of things to talk about. <laughs> That's for right. sure, right? Yeah. Yep. Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to Making Money Sense. I'm Larry Rosenthal. As Chris mentioned, I'd like to continue to welcome our longtime listeners on WAVA in the D.C. Baltimore area, as well as our listeners on Sirius XM nationwide. Coast to Coast, Channel 131, Family Talk, Border to Border and Coast to Coast, as Chris always likes to say. And again, it's Saturday morning, so that means it's Open Mic Saturday. Give us a call with any of your financial planning or investment questions on any subject at all. There's no holes barred here. It's Open Mic Saturday. Anything from estate planning to taxes to mortgages to real estate to 401ks to stocks to bonds to whatever it may be. Your financial planning, give us a call, at, and insurance as well. Give us a call at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-ROSE-123 or 855-767-3123. Well, earnings, Chris, it is about earnings. You know, you take a look at the basic fundamental reason why people buy stock to begin with, and it's based off the anticipation of future corporate earnings. Company A says, things are great. Company B says, oh, we're in trouble, right? Which stock do you want to buy? You want to buy company A, that's for sure. Well, earnings propelled the market higher this week. You know, we're coming out with earnings for the third quarter right now. And third quarter estimates year over year, comparing third quarter of 2020 to third quarter of 2021, expected to be up about 34%. Uh, if you strip out energy, it's going to come back down to about 27.5%. So those are very strong numbers. We anticipate earnings to continue to thrive. 
probably through 2022. And that's very good. That's the basics fundamental in the markets and the economy. The, the, you know, when, when things are in doubt, the markets are going to look at the fundamentals. How is corporate America doing? And corporate America is doing well now. There are some headwinds out there that we all know about, right? We've got inflation. We have ships floating around the ocean that can't unload their goods, right? That's creating inflation. The supply chains are being messed up. Well, I hope they don't run out of TV dinners while they're waiting for the I hope they don't either, too, Chris. <laughs> That's crazy. for sure. And then we've got the other, the third leg of the stool, which is going to be, you know, uh, some fiscal policy issues, tax and spend, with the uh, new infrastructure program they're trying to put together, and what they're going to be doing about taxes and things like that. So, so stay tuned. The markets, as I have predicted all along, once we get to this point of this year, with all these things piling up. We're going to see some volatility, and I expect to see some more volatility. Again, one hand, we've got we've got very positive corporate earnings coming in, and that's a that's good news. The other hand, we've got a very accommodative Federal Reserve, but we are getting lots of inflation pressures. And you know, to break down the whole inflation conversation, uh, when when we originally opened up the economy, <coughs> excuse me, earlier this year, everyone sort of thought inflation was going to be sort of like an A-frame building. It was going to come out very strong and high, reach a peak in a short period of time, and come right back down the other way. Not so much the case anymore. It looks like we're going to have this inflation that we're experiencing now be a little bit more, I would say, persistent over time, probably till the first part, I'm sorry, the first half, through the first half, I would say, of next year, 2022. And the reason why is because we don't have enough supply meeting – <coughs> excuse me, meeting the demand all across the country. And that's going to continue to have inflation pressures. Once we get back to equilibrium where supply is meeting demand, then we're going to see inflation start to drop back down again in most like that's the most likely scenario. Now, if that doesn't play out, the Fed's going to have to jump in and react. And that's not going to bode well probably for markets, uh, you know, but we'll just have to wait and see how that all plays out. Speaking of that, Bank Bank of England is actually hinting now towards making its first rate increase. Mm-hmm. Its first rate increase, and it may come sooner than other than, than a lot of people actually thought. So that was that was big in the news this week. Was that the Bank of England, you know, over across the pond there, Chris? They're <laughs> talking about raising rates a little bit to to thwart down inflation. They're they're seeing that. That energy prices are, are, are being more and more exaggerating into inflation uh, factors, and so that's, that's becoming a bigger issue for them there. So, so they may be the first ones to blink and start to raise rates. I don't think our Fed is going to be raising rates anytime soon. I think we're going to see a, a, a tapering of the bond-buying program first and then look to, to what to do with rates at some point towards the end of 2022 and 2023. But we'll have to wait and see. You know, they're very data-dependent and very, very um, dovish right now. You know, they're, they want to be very accommodative and not squish down the economy as far as that goes. But, you know, bottom line is things revert always to fundamentals. And what are the basic fundamentals doing? Corporate earnings are, are thriving, doing very, very well. Any thoughts and, on what's going on with the gas prices as to why they're still soaring at this point? Well, it's just based off of demand. Yeah. Supply and demand. That that's that's the the bottom line right there. Supply and demand, and and you know we've we've um, changed our manufacturing stance on energy, and it's based off supply and demand. You know, and that that could actually end up creating 
more pressure of inflation and which could ultimately start to whittle down some of the corporate earnings, mm. you know, because as if the inflation continues to whittle, you know, if inflation continues to be persistent for a longer period of time, that means you have less spending power, Chris. That means you're going to be buying less goods and services. That means corporate profits could start to, to trickle down a little bit versus having lower inflation. So right now, inflation's rising higher than wages, and that's not a good thing. So we'll have to play that out. You know, stop and think about this for a second. You know, I, I've done this in the past before, and I'll give you the quiz again, see if you remember the number or not, <laughs> uh -oh. okay? Uh-oh. But you got 2 plus 3 plus 5 plus 365. <laughs> I ran right? out of fingers, Larry. Come right? On, there you go. There you go, right? <laughs> Times 20, right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> So it comes up with 219,000, and what that is is it's two people a day eating three meals a day, and the cost of those meals are $5 each per day for 365 days a year times 20 years in retirement. That equals $219,000 on food in retirement years, okay, without including cost of inflation, and that's only $5 a meal that you're spending on it. And we all know that we eat more than $5 a meal, most likely, right? Yeah. So, so the cost of inflation, this is, we have not seen inflation <clears throat> for many, many years. I was speaking with a financial advisor the other day, and he actually told me, he said, I've never had to deal with an inflationary environment in my career, <laughs> Okay. So you've got to really take a look at what does this mean? What is the importance of this, right? And this is all going to go back to your financial plan. When we run out our financial plans for years, we've been running out our financial plans at the historical high levels of inflation for our clients. We've been running it out with an average of 3.74, while inflation's been trickling along, trickling along at 1.2, 1.8 for all these years. So you really have to take a look at what is your financial plan projecting on its inflation numbers, okay, as we look at possibly a reversion to the mean. I don't think it's going to be persistent for that long, okay, but you have to ask the question, what's inside my investment accounts if inflation continues to be persistent? What's inside my investment accounts if the Fed decides to act against inflation? How is that going to affect my investments in my retirement plans and my non-retirement plans? Is there a place to hide? Is there a place to go to that's going to thrive in this type of an environment if it keeps on persisting? It's a new thing. We haven't seen this in many, 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 many years, Chris. It's so it's going to be time. interesting. Yeah. Yep, that's exactly right. I so. just know if gas keeps going up, I'm buying an electric vehicle. That's all I can tell you. Just, there you go. You're going to buy an electric vehicle. Yeah, one of those little wind-up toys that they drive, uh, hey, that you hey, drive around. You know what? But if you stop and think about that, a lot of major car manufacturers have come out and said that they want to be all electric by 2030, 2035. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What does that mean? What does that mean from an investor standpoint? What does that mean? I mean, we should be getting huge... into electric vehicles or into car. Well, think vehicles. about this. That's a huge statement. You know, <clears throat> suppose you wanted to get in your car and drive from, you know, the D.C. area to Miami, Florida, right? Well, you're going to have to stop today and get, get a few tanks of gas along the way. And I don't know how long that takes. Let's say it takes 15 hours. I don't know what it is, right? Okay. And, and, but in an electric car today, you can't do that in the same amount of time because you have to stop and charge it for a longer period of time. Yeah, at least so 30 minutes or more, yeah. Yeah, so that means that the technology 
inside the electric cars have to be developed to meet a pit stop of a combustible engine car, right? And think about the infrastructure all along the way between the D.C. route and, and Miami, Florida, that has to be built out. You have to have charging stations all along the way. How is that going to play out? I think that's very interesting. And, boy, let me tell you, what a great investment opportunity, right? If you think about, you know, if all of a sudden industry turns over to, you know, if electric vehicles start making more and more market share, what a great investment opportunity it is to, to, to really make, you know. So, so lots of good things. There's always opportunity out there. So, Certainly hey, it's battery Saturday. technology, right? I mean, you have to look at <coughs> the people that are doing and manufacturing those batteries for sure. That's Battery technology, that's exactly right, and, and a lot of different things, too, mm -hmm. uh, that goes into that whole entire ecosystem, if you will. Yep. Um, so lots of good investment opportunity there as well. So, hey, it's Open Mic Saturday, Larry Rosenthal Show, Making Money Sense. Let's open up our phone lines. Give us a call today with any of your financial planning or investment questions at 855-ROSE-1. That's 855-767-3123. You're listening to Making Money Sense. I'm Larry Rosenthal. We'll be back in a moment. You are listening to Making Money Sense live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. More Making Money Sense in a moment. There are still too many countries that give little or no assistance to disabled children. In third world nations, these children could be left alone while parents try to eke out a living. About 10 years ago, residents of Prince William and Fauquier counties in Virginia formed Children with Disabilities Fund International. It focuses on the needs of disabled children. CDFI's current work in Jamaica and Kenya supports about 300 disabled children and their families. For some of these children, they're getting the care they need for the first time in their lives. CDFI recently began an individual child sponsorship program in an effort to better meet the needs of these disabled children. To choose your child to sponsor, go to thecdfi.org. That's thecdfi.org. Your gift will help transform not only a disabled child's life, but the lives of their parents and of the surrounding community. Go to thecdfi.org. Make a difference. Go to thecdfi.org. You've seen and heard him on Fox Business, CNBC, and The Wall Street Journal. Larry Rosenthal is here right now to take your calls at 855-767-3123. That's 855-ROSE-123. This is The Larry Rosenthal Show. Welcome back to The Larry Rosenthal Show, 855-767-3123. That's 855-ROSE-123 to talk to Larry Rosenthal. have some lines available for you if you'd like to dive right in. Again, 855-767-3123. Larry. Sure, Chris. You know, Mark 836, it says, For what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his soul, right? 
Not good, right? We talk a lot about money here on this show, but we also need to recognize who owns it, who's in charge of it, and what our role is, and that's stewardship. And one of the big things that we need to look at, too, coming down the road is Social Security. What's the story with Social Security right now, given this year of COVID, right? How has that affected the Social Security Trust Fund and things like that uh, when we take a look down the road? Uh, you know, the latest release that we have is the Social Security Trust Fund trustees each year. They report, and they made a release uh, a couple months ago here, latest data that we have in August of 2021. <clears throat> and, and what we're seeing now is, you know, so the same year projected around 2023, 20, I'm sorry, 2033. Did I say 2023? 2033, uh, somewhere in that ballpark as to, you know, at this particular point, if things don't change, then we're going to be in position to cover about 76% of the estimated bill that is due to pay people that are on Social Security. You know, it used to be in 1950, Chris, we had about 5.1 people contributing into Social Security for every one person receiving. Huh. In, yeah, in 2020, we had, we had 2.7 people contributing into Social Security. I was one of those two points. For every one person receiving. Yeah. And in 2040, we're going to have 2.2 people. I'm sorry, we had 2.7 people in 2020. And in, 20, in 2040, we're going to have 2.2 people contributing into Social Security for every one person receiving. So that's How do they get little, the points out of them? I think either the whole person or a non-person. That's you know, I don't know. Maybe yeah. it's a partial year of work or something like something. that. Who knows? Yeah. I, I just don't know, right? Yeah. But what's, what's the scenario here? What's going to happen with all of this? And at some point down the road, a president and a, and a uh, Congress at some point down the road is going to have to deal with this. Mm. And we're going to have to look to see uh, about making some changes, you know, looking at raising the Social Security wage tax. Um, looking at, at, in, at, at reducing benefits, I mean, just all different types of scenarios that are going to be coming up there. But it's important to take a look at, at what you're planning inside your financial plan with how you're going to be relying on Social Security as far as all that goes in your financial plan. Hey, let's go ahead and welcome Ray on the line from Virginia. Good morning, Ray. How are you? I'm doing fine. How are you doing? Good. How can I help you, sir? Yeah, this issue concerning the gasoline, and it's not really gasoline, it's a fossil fuel issue. It, this is a man-made crisis here in this country. This is not a worldwide issue, okay? Uh, and if you go out, Chris, you go out and buy yourself an electric car, my community has about 1,500 cars in it. They all, everybody comes home at night, plugs their car in to, to charge up the evening. You won't be able to turn on your microwave. Oh, really? Okay. And, and where are you going to get the electricity from? fossil fuel electrical generating plants you're not going to get it from a windmill uh, well i don't think that i don't think that the we're ever going to actually end up being carbon zero i don't think that's the case because of what you just said we're going to need fossil fuels to generate some of these plants but you're talking about a whole type of overhaul infrastructure type of a program here and that's well, going to cause that's going to that's going to take government and industry and reinvestment opportunities. There will be winners in this, okay? And from well, from our perch, from our perch, uh, what the ham sandwiches people are saying, they want this thing, this whole thing, to be uh, windmills, solar panels, uh, hamster wheels. Well, no you know, I I don't think that that's going to be reality at the end of the day. And from our from our perch here, 
as a financial advisor, we're going to look to explore ways to uh, be impactful with clients' investment dollars and make money. And if you're talking about at some point an overall switch, you know, this, this type of switch from fossil fuels to uh, electric power, it's not going to be something on Friday uh, it's one way, and then on Monday it's another day. This is going to take a generation. This is going to take a couple of decades to change over. And along that path, we're also going to have to have different types of investment opportunities be cre created, different technologies created. Mm -hmm. But I don't see us ever getting rid of fossil fuels because we're going to need that power, just as you pointed out, if everybody plugs in their car, what happens to, to the overall electric grid, right? Mm -hmm. So there's going to have to be different ways and different technologies to store this. And I do know that there are companies already working on the storage of electric power to be generated and to be held for four to eight months right now. So those types of companies are out there developing this type of technology. What we have today is not going to be part of the solution for down the road. And and maybe it's five years, maybe it's eight, maybe it's 10 years from now, but those 1,500 people that live in your community, maybe 10 years from now, maybe, maybe uh, I don't know, 300 of the 1,500 have electric vehicles, maybe 10 years from now. But it's not going to happen that quickly. It's not going to happen as quickly as it appears that people want it to happen up on, up on the television. It's going to take a slow time. You know, if you stop and take a look at, at the Industrial Revolution, at one point uh, our country was an agricultural production country. And then we turned over into an industrial revolution country, and now we're more of a service sector of a type of an economy. And you take a look at going from agricultural to industrial revolution. That did not happen overnight. That happened over decades of time. And then going from a manufacturing output to a service output type of an economic uh, economy, that, again, didn't happen overnight, but it happened over time. It happened with, with – with, um, uh, the continuation of learning happening on top of each other and more and more technology being developed on top of each other. And that's what I see happening at some point down the road. Again, I don't think we'll ever get rid of fossil fuels, okay? But that's just me sitting here today in 20, you know, 2021, not to politicize anything at, at, yeah. at all. But I think it's going to take a lot of infrastructure, a lot of technology and stuff like that in order to really build out this type of a new grid that we're really looking for. So no, I, appreciate I, like the, the, I, I like the hybrid technology. I thought that was a good move for a while. Were you doing both, right? But they've kind of gone away from that now. Yeah, I think they're moving. I think they're moving, Chris, more toward they're moving more toward uh, getting rid of hybrid and moving more toward yeah. total electric. That's what they're doing. You know, yeah. and quite frankly, I, I don't know how far, uh, you know, one car will charge versus another charge will go and all that kind of stuff. But my point is this is if we're looking at, a, at an interruptive technology, at, at a technology that's being disruptive, okay, there's investment opportunity oh, there. Yeah, sure. There, there absolutely is. And, and, you know, but that doesn't mean that it's all going to be powered by what you were saying with windmills and stuff like that. You know, I like that's, the hamsters. That's just, <laughs> that's just not the deal, you know. Yeah. But at the same time, there is investment opportunity that can really be done. So, hey, listen, I appreciate the phone call. You're listening to Making Money Sense. Give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. Let's welcome Doug on the line from West Virginia. Good morning, Doug. How are you? Good. How are you doing? Good. How can I help you today, sir? Uh, just a quick question, I hope. 
Uh, I have a Roth IRA, and mm-hmm. I, I'm 62, and I've had it for more than five years, so I can take out of it without any penalties or anything. I want to take out $35,000 just to pay off the house, and I want to is there any tax implications that I could be overlooking when I go to file taxes for next year? So how old are how old are you? Did you say? I'm 62. No, as long as the money's been inside that Roth IRA for five years, then it okay. all comes out tax free. Okay. All right. That's what I was thinking. I just wanted to verify and not get a surprise next year. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Now, now, um, I'm all for having debt reduction, definitely, and being as debt-free as possible. I, I think it's a great uh-huh. move, okay? Um, but, you know, the calculator will, will argue with me and say a different story. It'll say, don't pay off your mortgage. Keep investing the dollars, okay, and just make uh-huh. your mortgage payment. So I understand both sides of this, but I want to just point something out to you here, Doug. If you're going to liquidate your entire savings to pay off the home, be cautious not to become house rich and cash poor. Make sure there's other adequate investments uh, or savings so that you can enjoy life while you're retired. Does that make sense? Yeah. Well, let me see. I plan on working for a few more years. Right now, I have about 600,000 dispersed in retirement plans. Mm -hmm. And if I took 35 out, I would be totally debt-free. And the balance of the house is thirty five thousand. Yes. Yeah. So that's you know you're probably not getting much of an interest deduction on it anyway at this particular point, right? No, I'm not. Yeah. So so what I would do here is just is I would just want to show you real quick the difference between paying it off and not. One of the one of the deals that people want to pay off the home for in retirement. Let me just sort of step you through this a little bit. And I'll come all the way back around, and I'll ultimately agree with you, okay? But I want to just sort okay. of step you, step you through the conversation, if you will, in a second, is, is if you look at taking, paying off the home, it's because people say, I don't want to have a mortgage payment anymore. Well, you're still going to have one. You're still going to make your, your taxes and your, inter, and your insurance payments on the home, right? You have to do that, right? So that's right. always going to be with you. You can't get rid of that, okay? So then the second thing is you're saving your principal and interest payment each month. Now, the calculator is going now now the calculator is going to say don't do this because a mortgage is simple interest on a declining balance. Okay? Whereas an investment account is compound interest on an appreciating sum. And the math just works out for you that you shouldn't pay it off. Now, on the other hand, if you were to take a little bit of money from your investment account each month and simply make that mortgage payment, now you're not being strapped from your household budget to have to do it, right? And you're right. still getting compound interest on that 35000 minus each month's mortgage payment. So in the end, you still come out with more dollars in your accounts down the road, okay? That's the second okay. step of this conversation. Now, the third thing of this is, well, wait a minute. I just want to have my house paid for, and that's what we want to do. And that's where I would come in and say that's perfectly fine as long as you don't have all of your dollars wrapped up inside of your home. But in your case, you have plenty of other dollars elsewhere to enjoy your life. But that's sort of the conversation 
of, of the math and sort of spreadsheeting it in my mind on how you would really take a good look at it. Okay, Doug? But it sounds okay. like to me that, that you're, you're, you're well on your way. Now, if you'd like, I'll be happy to send you out our, our toolkit, and I can give you some information on that because there's actually nine different ways to manage equity inside of your home, and we could take a look at the investments and make sure that they're aligned properly for what your goals are. So if you want, I'll put you okay. on hold. Bob will get some of your contact information, and we'll send you out our financial planning toolkit and give you an analysis on paying off your home or not. How's that sound? Sounds great. Thank you. All right. I appreciate the phone call, and congratulations, by the way, too. All right? Yep. All right, Let me put you. you on hold here. Bob will pick you up in just a second. You're listening to Making Money Sense, the Larry Rosenthal Show. Dial us up on Open Mic Saturday here. Give us a call with any of your financial planning or investment questions at all. We've been talking about electric vehicles today, fossil fuels. We're talking about Roth IRAs. Whatever's on your mind, give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-ROSE-123 or 855-767-3123. I'm Larry Rosenthal, and we'll be back in a moment with more. Making Money Sense. You are listening to Making Money Sense live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. More Making Money Sense in a moment. And here's another Money Minute with Larry Rosenthal. So many different ways to invest money. Lump sum deposits, buy and hold, market timing. How about dollar cost averaging? Put the same amount of money into the same investment at every interval, whether it's monthly, quarterly, annually, whatever it may be. This gives you the greatest opportunity to get the average price over the long term of the investment because one of the secrets to creating wealth is the acquisition of shares. You want to keep buying more and more shares over time. On the flip side, when you're in your retirement years and you want to distribute dollars to yourself for income, do the same thing in reverse. Dollar cost average out during your retirement years. Nationwide and coast to coast from sea to shining sea. Call now, 855-767-3123. That's 855-ROSE-123. Live from the nation's capital, this is the Larry Rosenthal Show. Welcome back to the Larry Rosenthal Show, 855-767-3123, 855-ROSE-123. And to talk to Larry Rosenthal, we certainly appreciate those phone calls. We have some lines available for you now. If you'd like to dial in and talk to Larry, again, 855-767-3123, Larry. Nope. Sorry about that. I was typing to Bob there. <laughs> <laughs> You started too soon, Chris. Okay. Anyway, there we go. All right. Rewind, rewind. Okay. Yep, yep. <laughs> hey, so some people have been asking. Um, uh, we've been getting a lot of questions about when we're doing our next webinar. Uh, we did not do one in October, and mainly we were waiting to see what uh, what's going to come through with this infrastructure bill. Um, 
And so we had one in September. We haven't done one yet in October, and we're waiting to see what happens with this infrastructure and tax bill. We've got all kinds of stuff prepared based off the changes and things, and we're ready to roll with it. We want to wait to see how it goes through and how it actually ends up. So as soon as this comes through, you know, we're going to be out there right away. Excuse me, right away with uh, information on this webinar. So stay tuned. As soon as uh, Congress gets together and puts together the infrastructure package and the taxes that go along with it and all that kind of did stuff. Did you really say you... Congress gets together all in one sentence? So. I did. I did. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, I wonder how it is up there in the cafeteria. You know? <laughs> anyway. I would, I'd like to be a mouse on the wall. Yeah, <laughs> is it one sure. side or the other? I don't know. Yeah. You know, but anyway. Um, you know, but there's a, there's a lot involved with all of this. There, there's there's going to be some substantial, at least there's proposed so a lot of substantial changes to the tax code and dealing with our retirement dollars, dealing with our assets that we've saved all our life. You know, we've, we have, uh, the American citizens have somewhere close to, you know, plus or minus a little bit, about $70 trillion in assets, you know. And that represents uh, a, a good amount of money, obviously. And over the next 25 years, that money is going to be transferred to the next generation. As people go to heaven, you don't take it with you. It gets transferred to the next generation. And they're talking about how to pay for all of this stuff by using that transfer of wealth tax. And so it's important. It's going to be vitally important to make sure your beneficiary forms are filled out correctly, that your will and trust are working in a coherent, uh, you know, coordinated effort together. And, and come up with different strategies to really minimize any type of exposure to it all. So, so as soon as they come out with all of this, uh, stay tuned. We'll be coming out with, with lots of webinars and all this to let everybody un understand what's really going on. Let's welcome Nick on the line from Virginia. Good morning, Nick. How are you today? I'm doing fantastic. Thank you. Yes. How can I help you, sir? So uh, basically I'm 56 years old. We have a, a couple hundred thousand dollars in cash in the bank and and we went to a seminar last week on indexed annuities and she seemed to say you know that obviously we know the market is uh you know there, there will be a pullback at some point we don't know when and she said you know start investing start doing indexed annuities just wanted to get your thoughts on that well there's Every type of investment has pros and cons to them, Nick, and there's three types of annuities out there. There's indexed annuities, there's fixed annuities, and there's variable annuities, okay? And it all depends on what's driving the rate of return, okay? And when you take a look at a typical indexed annuity, you're usually going to average somewhere between 4 and 6% long term, Okay. And then you also have to take a look at what are the triggering events? How can you get the money out of the annuity to produce income for yourself? Or do you have the opportunity to walk away after five years? Can you take a lump sum and walk away? And do you get all that money that's in there? Or, do, or are there penalties? Okay. So when it comes time to talking about annuities, um, I have friends of mine that are financial advisors across the country that, that never put clients into annuities. And I also have other friends of mine that are financial advisors that usually only use annuities. I'm in the middle. I understand the purpose of them, and I go through sort of a systematic type of a process to determine if somebody needs an annuity or not. And so 
I, I, I recognize in some cases people need annuities, and in some cases they don't. And you, you, so you have to go through this, this, this sort of scenario. One is, you know, what does it look like down the road in your financial plan from an income coming in versus expense ratio going out? What does it look like, your income versus expenses at that point? Do you have a pension? What are your Social Securities going to look like? How much debt do you have, right? Um, if you put too much money into an annuity that's tr- projected to get you that, you know, 4 6 7% return, whatever it may be, right, and there's no guarantees to that either, then is that going to be large enough to produce – things that you want down the road. Some of these indexed annuities don't allow you to take excess lump sums out. It messes up the annuity contract. So at 56 years old, um, what happens when you're 76 years old? If you put you know, 50% of your money into this thing now, is the money still stuck there in order for you to keep the program going? Or does this annuity allow you to say, hey, my life has changed, and now we're taking the grandkids on a massive beach trip, and we need, you know, 50 grand this year or whatever it might be. Do you see what I mean? So you've got to do your due diligence on these types of products. Um, you know, and, and I would say I would say that they, they are good when, it's, when, it, when, when they're used in the right place, all right, um, and just like any other investment, you know. If, if, if I were to buy an individual stock for somebody who says I'm completely 100% risk averse, I only want to buy CDs, then that stock's not going to be any good for them, even if it's the best stock in the world, right, because they don't want the risk. And so you really have to take a look at how does a, an, an indexed annuity fit into your overall investment portfolio right now. You're taking money from the bank. My first question would be why do you have this money in the bank? How did it get there, and what are you looking to do? And, and quite frankly, the, the, the statement of the market's at an all-time high now and we're due for a pullback is not a reason to buy an indexed annuity, okay? Because we've been at an all-time high probably, you're 56, ever since you've been in high school. We hit all-time highs when you were in high school. We hit all-time highs when you were in college. We hit all-time highs for the last 25 years, right? The market does that. The market keeps on going up. It goes up and down on an ascending scale uh, upwards, right? So there will be new highs at some point down the road again. We usually have three 5% pullbacks a year in the market. That's normal market action, normal market volatility. So so, so I don't want to set a mixed, fig, mixed signal, but I would say how does this particular product fit into your overall investment plan right now and have you shopped multiple ones to see the different bells and whistles of them all out there and if you want some information on this i'll be happy to put you on hold and we'll have one of our advisors reach out to you and sort of step you through this process to make sure it's the right thing for you and your wife okay yeah i appreciate that Uh, the uh the reason the money is in there we sold a property and it was a rental property so it's sitting there and we're trying to figure out what to do with it you know Good. Uh, but she, Good. she did say three to seven percent, you know, was the number, <clears throat> roughly, you know. So, uh, um, so she was, I guess, being honest with in, in the seminar. You know, I don't have any doubts about that. It's just that I, I wasn't sure if it was something that was good for us at this point in time. 
Yeah, I mean, you're, 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 it, it, we've got to take a look at it. I've got to look to see what else is inside your investment portfolio, you know, because you do need to have an equity growth component of things. And remember, an indexed annuity doesn't give you the full return of, of like the index because it doesn't account for the dividends. It's just point-to-point -point price numbers. So in the S&P, a good third of that return is the dividends, which doesn't get credited into an indexed annuity, you know. So, so there's a lot involved with the math behind all of these things. So let me put you on hold. We'll have somebody reach out to you next week. Bob will get your information right now from you, and we'll, we'll get more details for you, okay? All right. Thank you, sir. Yep. Appreciate the phone call. You listen to Making Money Sense. Give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. Let's welcome Susan on the line from Ohio. Good morning, Susan. How are you today? I'm fine. Thank you. And you? I'm doing well. Thanks for waiting. How can I help you? We're kind of on, on the same topic that you just spoke about. My husband and I are, I'm 69, my husband's 70. We sold our home last year during the market to uh, right size. And uh, we kept, we just took the money and put it in a checking account thinking, well, we're going to find a home soon. Well, it's been a year. We have not found a home. So we're going beginning the building process, but it will take a year. And we just would like to know what you would recommend uh, where we put that so that we know it's safe. We're afraid to invest it because, you know, the market has well, gone down before. And, Susan, yeah. you might not like my answer, but my answer is keep it safe and secure in the bank. You know, okay, no, you, that's fine. You, we're you happy put with it, that. We have stocks, bonds. Yeah, I, I would not mess CDs with it. And PODs. Okay. You know, there's there's right. you know, there's an argument where we can go buy an individual bond that matures in a year and I mean there's just all kinds of stuff that, that, that you can look at, but it's gonna put a little bit of risk into that equation. And if you're building a home and you've got the money and it's just unfortunate timing that the bank isn't paying anything right now. And yes, I can come up with a bond fund, but there's gonna be vol you know, not there's going to be fluctuation of principal, you know, there. There are some okay. bond funds no. out there that, that, that can give you about 3%, but it will fluctuate a little bit. But I'm so old school with this stuff. If you've got a bill that's due and you've got the money, then I say take the risk off the table of it. That's just me, okay? Oh, I like that answer. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I well, like I appreciate it. Yeah, well, good luck and congrats on so the new much. house. And you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to put you on hold, though, anyway, and I'll get you – uh, set up for our newsletters and things like that, okay? Appreciate the phone call. You listen to Making Money Sense. Give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. Let's welcome LaShawn on the line from Maryland. Good morning, LaShawn. How are you? Good morning. All is well. Thank you. How can I help you? Yes, my question is, um, should I take my money out of my TSP and invest it into a property or into something that would generate more income so that I can secure my financial future. Are you still working with the government? I'm not. So by not working with, since you've separated service, you have money in your old employer's plan, the TSP, there's a few things you can do with it. One, you can keep it there. Two, you can roll it over to an IRA. Three, you can cash it out and pay the tax. Four, you can, can, you can put it into a new employer's plan. Or five, you can convert it to a Roth. Um, now, the TSP has the funds CGFS and I funds, and they are really not designed to produce income. 
the way you're talking about passive income. You would be better served to look at rolling that over possibly to an IRA, your own IRA, and put dividend stocks in there. That way you can can still participate in the market and get dividend, which is your passive income coming in, okay? But in order to take the money out of the TSP and buy real estate with it, you're either going to have to use your, your uh, you know, you're going to have to look to cash that money out and buy the property yourself unless you do some of those other uh, fancier things with it, self-directed IRs, and which, you know, I'm just, you got to look out for self-dealing rules and things like that on it. So I throw a lot of caution that way. But it sounds like to me your best bet at this point would be to look, to possibly look to do a rollover after you consider everything. And how much income do you need to generate from that? So, so um, here, here's what I'll do, LaShawn. I'll have one of our advisors reach out to you next week and get a little bit more information to you and sort of show you the difference with all of that um, versus the, the, the scenario of looking at real estate. You know, when you, when you look at a, a real estate property, um, the physical property itself, you've got the cost of ownership, the taxes, and, and insurance on it. And by the time you take a look at the the income taxes from the rental income, you might be surprised at how net, net lower your ultimate net income is in some cases. It just depends on the type of property that you end up with. But we can help you do an analysis on all of that if you'd like. Is that okay? Yes, I would love that. Yes, ma'am. Well, let me put you on hold. Bob will get your contact information, and then we'll have one of our advisors reach out to you next week. Appreciate the phone call. If you listen to Making Money Sense, Larry Rosenthal Show, dial us up at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. Let's welcome Stacy on the line from Maryland. Good morning, Stacy. How are you? Good morning. How are you, Larry? I'm doing well. How can I help you? calling to ask two questions. Number one is, is it a good time to buy a home? I sold my home in January, and since then, the market has really um, uh, really skyrocketed. Um, I do have proceeds from the home. Um, I've gotten feedback on both sides. A realtor saying, hey, you got to buy now because the prices are just going to go up. Uh, and then I've gotten feedback that um, it's just not a good time to buy. It just kind of holds steady. I'm staying with a relative, and um, it's not the most comfortable situation. So I've been kind of waiting to see what happens. So I just wanted to get your opinion um, if it is a good time to buy or not. Well, Stacy, let's talk about the prices are only going to go up first, okay? Look outside and see how many trees that you see growing to the growing up as high as the sky goes. Trees don't grow to the sky, right? Okay? So prices go up and down, just like any other market. In other words, this real estate market at some point will pull back. We don't know when and we don't know what will trigger it, but at some point it will pull back. It cannot keep going up, 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 and up forever and ever. It, it just it, it would just price people out. It just can't happen. Well, real estate agents would like to think it's going to do that, though. That's now, that's true. That's true. But the reality is if you go back and you take a look at blocks of time, there's been blocks of time for periods of year where real estate prices have shot way up, and then they've leveled off, and they've come back down, just like the stock market, just like any other um, asset. Okay? So, so, yes, your realtor may very well be correct in that this market is still on a trajectory north going up, and I'm not going to challenge that, but I'm just going to say – at some point, it could come back down again. That's all. And, and with that being said, 
when it comes to real estate, you have to ask yourself the question, what am I trying to do here? Am I trying to get a home where I can have my family and friends and share our values together? Or am I trying to get an investment? What is your objective with this next purchase? Number one. Um, then to, if it's, um, then how long are you going to want to stay into this house? Well, I am probably about 10 to 15 years from retirement, and my long-term plan would be to move to a warmer climate. Um, I am like your previous caller. Well, I just started working with the federal government um, a little later in life. Um, but like I said, I have a good 10 to 15 years before retirement. Um, so my plan would be um, your first scenario to buy a home where I'm happy and my family and friends can come. Um, then, and then enjoy. I, yep. Then I would start looking for a place that you fall in love with, okay, and put some offers in on some places like that. And when you get into that home, suppose you get into that home two months from now, the prices go up, right, and the prices go down, but, but you're really concerned about 10 to 15 years down the road where that price would be. That's the right. issue, okay? And okay. There's, no, there's no guarantee even if – let's pretend that real estate prices – and here's my point. Let's pretend that real estate prices drop right now. Let's say they come back down and you go, oh, I've got to get in because it's a good buy now. And you get in, and then 13 years from now, you decide to sell. But eight years from now, that price just peaks way, way back up, and you're going, this is great, this is great, wonderful. But then in year 13, when you want to sell, it comes all the way back down below where you bought it today, right? Mm -hmm. there, there's, you know, we, we, have, we have no way of knowing down the road, but the thing about it is, is, is when you exit it, exit the property down there that you know you'll be like today you sold your home high in january and you're looking to buy high yeah. now okay and at some point mm -hmm. down the road you may sell your home low but you'll be buying low also because the real estate tends to go up and down together unless it's in very specific neighborhoods across the country right okay right so so that's kind of the scenario that you really have to look at get with a good realtor Find a place that you fall in love with, okay, and then you know, you know, I'm I'm kind of coming at it from the standpoint of you said it, it, it's not the ideal living situation you're in right now, so you might want to fix that a little bit. And I would look at at, at uh, you know getting the right type of mortgage product for the length of time you want to be mm -hmm. in the house, you know, and just kind of go from there. So I wouldn't put too much worry today on what the price is ultimately going to be 15 years from now, you know, 10 to 15 years from now when you go to sell the property down the road, okay? That makes complete sense to me. Yep, yep. Let me put you on hold, and I'll have Bob send, get your contact information, and we'll send you out our financial planning toolkit, and we'll, we'll, we'll help you. We'll have one of our advisors help you design a financial plan, which will encompass the property and your retirement plans and all that kind of stuff, okay? Perfect. Thank you. Yes, ma'am. Let me put you on hold, Stacy. Have a great weekend. Appreciate the phone call. You're listening to Making Money Sense, the Larry Rosenthal Show. Check us out on our website, LarryRosenthal.com, and follow us on Facebook. <clears throat> Excuse me. Sign up for our newsletter. We send out our newsletter each, you know, each month, and and um, we also send out a weekly market commentary. So if you're on our website, sign up for our newsletter, and then we will also send you out our weekly market commentary. There's no cost for it at all.
uh, gets a lot of detailed information, uh, as detailed as you want to get, I guess. Uh, it could be more or less, depending on on how much detail you want, Chris, right? I uh, like it. I get it every week, too. So uh, I mean, You, you get it every week? I do. Ah, we're going to have to start charging, man. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> just for just for me though, I know you. I'm just kidding. Uh, no, love you, man. Yeah. Hey, so um, anyway, check us out, LarryRosenthal.com. We're going to take a quick break. We've got some lines open here. If you want to give us a ring, last several minutes of the show, eight five five Rose one two three. I'm Larry Rosenthal. We'll be back in a moment with more making money sense. Listening to Making Money Sense live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855 Rose 123. That's 855 767 3123. More Making Money Sense in a moment. Here's another Money Minute with Larry Rosenthal. Proper financial planning starts with a firm foundation. Don't jump up to the third rung of the ladder when you're trying to climb to the top of the roof. Make sure your insurance is aligned properly. Make sure you have the right types of homeowners, auto, umbrella, disability, long-term care, life insurance, just to name a few. Financial planning starts with a firm foundation, and that foundation is your insurance. Then take a look at your cash flow. Are you able to save money? Save it in the proper places. Retirement planning, traditional IRAs, traditional 401K plans, Roth IRAs. Make sure that the dollars are actually working for you towards your investment objectives. sound financial advice you can depend on you found the larry rosenthal show call now with your questions 855-767-3123 or stop by LarryRosenthal.com. this is the larry rosenthal show well larry we're kind of uh, coming up on the close of the show here before long We've got about a minute or so before they start that wonderful music so just uh, heads up there <laughs> well you know it's uh the last quarter of the year and and uh, as I was flipping through some information this morning before the show or this week or whatever, actually this morning, and, you know, I'm like, boy, it's people talking about the end of the year already, you know? <laughs> Where did summer go? Okay, Chris. You know, so it's October, towards the end of October anyway. So let's start taking a look at the f- couple things we need to be doing towards the end of the year from a financial planning perspective, right? Mm-hmm. You know? Evaluate your investment portfolio. Is it doing what you need it to do? What is your risk-adjusted returns? I was explaining to someone the other day about risk-adjusted returns, and they got it, and they said, man, that's that's a great way to really look at it, and, and it is. And so if you take a look at, let's say, the S&P 500, okay, well, I'm hearing music in my eye, Chris, yep. in my ears. Yep. We're not going to get through all this, that's for sure. <laughs> so uh, we'll pick that up maybe next week. That's all. So uh, you can catch us next Saturday with another session of Making Money Sense, the Larry Rosenthal Show. Check us out on our website, LarryRosenthal.com. Follow us on Facebook and, and uh, sign up for our newsletters as well. Stay tuned for our upcoming webinars. I will stay in the studio for those of you watching on LarryRosenthal.tv on YouTube. 
I'll stay in the studio and answer any questions that you may have as well. I see we do have some calls coming in right now, but we're going to be in the show here in just a few moments. So for Bob in the back answering the phones today, great job, Bob. And for Chris McKay, I'm Larry Rosenthal. Have a wonderful week, and we'll be back next Saturday with another session of Making Money Sense. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.